Welcome back. You were listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. We've got a very, very interesting one for you today. Mike, he's nervous. I can see he's nervous. He's like, oh, looks fired up. I'm a mortgage advisor helping people buy their home, their first, their second, and you you want to do a podcast on why you shouldn't buy a home? What the hell? But this is off the back of a video that um, I put on the Instagram story recently, and it's something that I've heard this person speak about a lot. Now it's Grant Cardone, some people may have heard One of One of the world's biggest property guys. Yeah, yep. interestingly, and he's telling people you shouldn't buy a house and has all of this content about why you shouldn't buy a house and how it's basically a setup and how it's selfish and it was designed by the banks. For the banks, not for you, and you fell into the trap of thinking, no, it gives me stability and my kids, you know, they'd never want to move, they can't move, we need to be stable, but actually, um, have you ever asked your kids whether they're happy to move? Have you ever <laughs> seen whether they'll be capable of doing that but it's just so contrarian I guess and so with this video we'll we'll play it and we'll discuss it and we'll see what he's trying to say but I'd say a lot of people will go this is a conspiracy theory because that's the latest thing to do now is you dismiss people's thoughts or opinions by um, calling them a a conspiracy theory but what Mike and I are always teaching you about is just listen to everybody's opinion and see what you can take from it and try and look down on it rather than go, no, like that's not what I think, so therefore I hate that person or they're a conspiracy theorist or whatnot. And this person, like Mikey said, is, is massive into property around the world, so perhaps you could argue, well, he's saying don't buy a home because then you can rent one of mine because that's how he's making cash flow is by renting apartments out, which is very interesting in itself. But let's play a bit of it, mate, and then we can discuss on the other side. So this was an interview from, I think, about four years ago. I've just always loved real estate. I think think most people resonate. Real property resonates with people. Unfortunately, most people just buy the wrong kind of real estate. You know, again, it's a selfish decision to have a home. Okay. Most people shouldn't buy a home. No one should buy a home. Interesting. Which is the opposite of the American Homes were not built for people. Homes were built for banks. The bank created that product to sell money. You can't just loan people money. You need a product in between. Like when people start really understanding what I'm telling them, they're like, wait, what did he just say? The bank can't lend money for just money. Like you need a reason to borrow money. Oh, you're starting a business. That's a reason, but it's really risky for the bank. What if a bunch of bankers sitting around drinking bourbon? Dude, we, we need to lend more money. We got to lend money out, man. That's how we make money. We get people to give us a dollar. We lend it out nine times. I read that book when I was a kid, man, when yeah. I was 16 years old. So we lend it out nine times. We need something to lend the money on. So back in the 50s, they're like, everybody should have a home. They grinned. Everybody should have a home, right? Oh, man, that's pretty good. We should call it something like the American dream. Can't just call it a house, right? Everyone should have one, right? And they got the politicians behind it. Yes, everyone should have one. And then what they did was basically those homes were built for banks because who made all the money on the homes? Wasn't even the builder. Certainly wasn't the homeowner. It was always the banks. Hmm. Hmm. Colleges was another scheme by the bank. Okay. Everyone should have a proper education. But they don't have the money for it. But they should have it. And it, it, as they offered debt, as they, as they offered free loans to college students and families, those tuitions went up. Right. 
So we've been sold a big old fat lie. Totally, totally. And what do people say when you tell them that? You're crushing everything they've been told their whole life. They're like, no, Grant, that's not true. I want to own my own Most home. people are going to write me after this interview and say, can you explain that again? <laughs> Shouldn't I own right. my own home? No, you should never own one door. Right. And you had a horrible experience with your first yeah. single family home yeah. buy. Well, you don't. Man, nobody's done the research oh, as well as you. No one. You've been hanging no out one. with the wrong people, Grant. Probably. <laughs> so that taught you a lesson. Stay away from single family homes. I want a certain type of person with yep. a certain type of income that wants a rental property, doesn't want yep. to buy. And I'm in this asset class and I know how to do it. And it works I mean, well. we could do it. Look, I could come here and we could do four hours on real estate. Yeah. No, I just want to just cover it. So, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's interesting because, like, I don't think most people know that you're like, I do this thing. Yeah. I mean, most people never heard a real estate guy, which you're not, yeah. ta- say, don't buy a home. Yeah. I mean, that's a fascinating statement right there. <laughs> oh, that ending there. Wow. I think the key thing that I take from that. You're stoked with this because this has been your mindset before you heard this interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it just <laughs> validated how I've thought yeah. after yeah owning a home once in my life. Um, he says in there, which they don't talk about, but, well, I guess the whole this was his whole spiel is like, don't own one door. Because if you dig further into this guy's content in life, he's built out, um, he's come from a place of having nothing mm. and he's learnt that going down the path of buying one house, paying down the debt on that. His mum tried to do that and his dad, and then his dad died. It didn't work for them. His mum then had to sell the house to clear the debt because she couldn't afford to service the debt. And he was like, this is broken. What's mm. what's going on here? And he's then learnt, well, if you buy... Uh, he, he thinks that it's as easy to buy 10 houses as it is to buy one. So once he learnt that and believed that, he's like, I'm going to buy 10 units and then... I'll have somewhere to live if I want to, but everyone will pay the rental income and I've got a cash-creating asset rather than just buying a home and trying to have an income to pay that down, which is very similar to the rich dad methodology. Yep, he's the same actually. Yeah, and then he's gone, well, if I can buy 10 units, it's probably easier to buy 100. Yeah. Then he's scaled to the point where he's like, I want to borrow so much money to buy real estate that the banks don't want me to fail because they're like, we need this guy to succeed because he got cleaned out, I think, in the GFC um, where he had a whole heap of debt and one of the banks went under and then the bank that brought it called in the debt. They were like, hey, you need to clear all of this. And he was like, what the hell? Like, how does this work? So then he had to figure out how to rebuild from that. So then he's like, I'm just going to scale to the point where he's so big that the banks are like, oh, we can't let this guy fail because he's a really important customer to us, which is thousand times bigger than a mindset of a Kiwi, right? Of, I just want to buy a house that I like, pay it down, and then I'll get to retirement, it'll be debt-free, and I've clocked the game. Mm. Kind of, you know, for, for some people. So what he's saying isn't just, like, don't buy a home. Because I think what we always talk about is if you want to buy one, like, if that's your goal, well, then you should do it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a massive advocate for... Um, that's why I always ask people, is this, like, truly what you want? Yeah, when I sit down with people, like you really want a home, cool. All right, let's roll. Let's go through the process, and then, or it's like, why? And then, oh, you know, because you know it's security, and then you un- unpack a few of those things, and sometimes they're made up and don't make sense with the the real thing, and sometimes they're true reasons. You know, like I definitely get people that are like, I'm fucking sick of flatmates. I'm I can't have a dog and we wanted a dog for ages and, you know, all of this stuff. And, and then when you get so many points, you're like, okay, you actually can't do this in a rental. Let's go buy a home. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, what Grant and, like, Robert Kiyosaki and stuff talk about is, like, you've got a mortgage and <clears throat> definitely in the current environment, it's cheaper to rent. And 
you've probably got a fixed price on your rent at the moment, um, whereas mortgage rates just seem to keep going up and up and up, so it's getting more and more mm. expensive. Then you've got, you know, rates, which is property tax. You've got um, all sorts of maintenance bills, you know, like that just piles up and up and up. And even uh, there's an argument for the fact that the land's an asset and the building itself is a depreciating heap of shit because they require, and well, they get worse and worse in condition over time. Um, but yeah, I think that believing that it's an asset, I guess it's a, I guess what it is, um, is is a storehold of wealth over a long enough time period to me. Um, but it's that's like a, I, I'd just rather have a bigger income and not worry about it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it and it and it is because of the leverage in the system, and it, I guess that comes back to like, yeah, it is sort of for the banks. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the interesting part in there, about. right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you can tell he's got a bit of this hate for, for banks. Yeah. But it's interesting because a lot of people do at the moment too. Oh, the banks, they make record profits, these assholes. My house is going down in value. You made a billion dollars. I hear all these stories, right? Yeah, but yeah. we all fall into the trap of being like, we're okay when it's going up. Yeah, and also, like, if they can give us a solution, can I get a credit card? Mm. Oh, can I get a personal loan? Can I get a car loan? Oh, can I buy my house through you guys? And yeah. then, fuck, look how much money they're making. Yeah. Do you think that they're, they're a fucking charity? Like, yeah. doing yeah, it yeah, for yeah. you for free? Helping you achieve the things that you are calling dreams in your life? Do you think they want to let you do that for free? Yeah, I reckon, sadly, that all of that noise is going to get really loud next year. Right? Big time. Yeah. Because they're going to yeah. keep making making big money. They have margin on whatever it costs them to get the money and you pay it. It's a volume model yeah. and Kiwis just keep rolling straight through the trap. Yeah, it's well, basically it's almost like a subscription model with a guaranteed margin. Yeah. And it just keeps the margin intact. So And they own your home as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I I think like complaining about it and stuff is not the way forward. <laughs> it mm. just it is the system you live in and you can't change it, so don't worry about it. But Yeah, that's a good point. The um the Grant and Robert Kiyosaki thing about your own home. I mean, what are your thoughts, mate? You well, said to me before that you were thinking about, you know, well, that's the thing, trying yeah. to find a bottom, and yeah, then yeah. You, you're, then you snap yourself out of it again. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'll, I'll buy at some stage, but I'll buy something that I really want to live in. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it'll be way bigger than what a younger version of Luke would have thought would be possible. A part of me is sort of like, well, mate, you're kind of full of shit, Grant, because you are relying on people to buy homes to push up your the capital value mm. of properties. And that was four years ago, that video. But he still believes it. Like, he still, he still talks about that. And he owns his own home now, too, and then brought a real scax place recently and did a big tour of that. Yeah. And people are kind of like, bro, you said never buy a home. What the fuck you want about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, I can now because it's money that I don't care about. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's some sort of rule. Like, if you can't, Buy it twice and with cash, don't yeah. buy it. Yeah. But, but he obviously could. Just but, casual 40 mil lying around. <laughs> yeah, but he, it's beachfront property as well. And that's what a lot of rich people will always talk about, right? Like that's yeah. the stuff that's scarce and holds value because someone's always going to come along that's a big thinker, a dreamer, and, and has that human psychology of I want to view, I want to be seeing the ocean. And they're like, this is worth, it's, a, it's an emotional buy and it's a psychological buy of this is worth X amount in my head. It's not a, oh, if we put this 15 the same house, 15 rows back with no view, surrounded by other houses, there'd be a completely different value put on that house. So 100%. again, it's come back to, you know, when you see the stuff pop up, you've got to go, okay, what are they trying to say? Like, what are they trying to teach me here? And 
that is, I think, what I've tried to teach myself to try and see from this content. It's not he's right, he's wrong. It's that's worked for him. Mm. But he's also then relying on knowing that because often you'll see people go, well, if everyone did that, then what would the world look like? But you know that that's not what everyone's going to do yeah. because we've all been conditioned to go the other way. Yep. And so he needs people to be buying homes and needs people to be renting them. So he's winning both ways because he knows that people will um, continue to rent if they want to and then invest there. Because what he's saying is invest your money into an asset. So go go and buy a multi-unit property that's going to pay you cash flow over time. You know that people are going to come and rent those units, that people are going to want to buy them when you're done with them. And there's a lot of different tax rules in America as well that can help bring your taxes down. So he's, he's just learnt the system of playing the game of multi-unit family dwellings and trying yeah. to teach other people in America to do the same thing. And then he's set up a fund that you can put your money into that can allow him to do it at scale again. So you don't even have to learn. You can just give him the money and he'll do it for you. Exactly. And what I do, what I do think happens in New Zealand is that most people, their first goal, because we get taught this by appearances, is to go and is to get into a home. And everything, everywhere you look, like that's exactly what society points you towards doing. Hey, what we're going to do is we're going to set up a retirement fund to allow you to have a better retirement because we're woefully underprepared for retirement. But do you know one change we're going to add to it? We'll let you take your money out and buy a home. <laughs> like again, okay, let's just keep pushing people down that path, but. Then I think people buy their first home and they get comfortable with that and then they learn about equity, that's sort of stage two, and then they think, oh, I've heard my parents talk about getting a rental property at some stage and buying a house doesn't seem as scary as it did before I bought my first one because you've already done it before. And then they go down the rental route, right, of, okay, let's get a rental property and let somebody else pay the debt down it. And that's been a pretty tried and true way for people to build wealth in New Zealand for a long time. And maybe people could think about what's, because what they're trying to get there, like the outcome there is that they have a, a asset that's producing cash, right? But then some people go, well, I'm going to skip that area of the world and I'm going to go and just do that with stocks and buy stocks and get dividends from those, those assets that are going to pay me cash and pay me dividends and I can use those to offset uh, other areas of my life, including rent or food and whatever. And some people skip that step and just go... Maybe I'll create my own business. Create my own business and then that will spit out 500 grand or a million yeah. or two million a year and then I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and, and GC's <laughs> gone... He's kind of gone in the middle where he's gone, oh, instead of tying up my $300,000 deposit uh, in uh, a property why don't I invest that into multi-unit properties and use the de the bank's money because he says you can get nine times it. So then he's figured out how to turn 300 grand into $3 million mm -hmm. of assets and then rent those all out. And then he's got, he's basically turned property into a business mm. for himself. And then he charges you a fee for putting money in his fund. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but most of us, uh, we won't have been taught or learn those types of skills right. So we think because property has gone up, for so long over time that the foolproof methodology is to just is to buy a home and then eventually use the equity in that home to do other things that you want. Yeah, it's really hard to um, move away from that mindset because it's worked for so long, um, and <laughs> like it's you can't really argue with it because it has worked and it is right. Mm. And there's forty years of history that shows that. Um, but there's also. 40, 50, 100, 
200 years of history showing that uh, businesses make more money than houses. But we don't get taught that, right? No. We only get taught the other way because it's like a, you know, you buy it, becomes a forced savings account, the bank just takes the money out of your account, goes up in value and, you know, 500 grand turns into a million and all you had to do was force yourself to save. Yep. Um, and the market will take care of the rest. Yeah. And yeah. stay in your job, be able to continue to make your repayments. So I can see why that's attractive mm. to a certain point. But when it's your own home and you sell it and you've made $500,000 and then you go down the road to buy your next home, guess what happened to that house too? It went up. The same Fucking amount. Fucking pain, eh? Because when I looked at that five years ago, yeah, it was a little bit cheaper than that and it mm. went up just alongside it. So like the market moves and it's all in one. So you don't yep. really get wealthier. Like if your house goes from, if you buy a million dollar house and it goes to $2 million, you're not wealthier. You're still living in the same house. You know? Like yeah. you, you haven't improved your your life by a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really hard to understand this because it's changed in, in the number. But basically what's happened is um, the the money that backs it has devalued because there's more of it in the system chasing exactly the same item. So it's a, a money is an unlimited source thing and a house is a scarce resource thing and it's more money chasing after the same good. But if you're staying living in that same house, it doesn't matter if it goes to $100 million dollars. It's still the same house and your life is the same. Unless you can access the debt and then spend some... Like if you This can, is where you can yeah. be smart and stuff over time and you can use that to <coughs> leverage yeah. and go and do other things. Um, Put the boat on the bloody mortgage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, that's how, the, that's how our system works. We are reliant on debt for the creation of money to inflate and, and continue building things. Well, that, that's what I was actually going to ask you because that goes back to a point you are quite often say. So when he says there that banks created a product to allow the system, that goes back to what you say recently, you said money's created through debt and lending, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so this is a perfect way, a product to sell people a loan, a mortgage, backed by a house, mm-hmm. and then give it an emotional factor of like it's your dream, it's mm. the Kiwi dream, it's the USA dream or whatever, and you go, yeah, and that gives it more value, which stabilises the ability for those to continue to go up and allow us to then lend even more money into the system. Correct, which is why we know the money printer will get turned back on at some point. Yeah, because <laughs> we need to keep this thing going. Yeah, it's a, um, it's an interesting one, eh? But it's a... Again, it's just understand how it works, understand the system. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, once yeah. you do, then like you're you're more aware, and when you know better, you do better. Yeah. I mean, going back to the creation of money thing, so what happened in COVID, right? Everyone, the, the, the central banks, me, you, you know, the politicians, I was like, oh, fuck, this is not good. If everyone stays home and productivity goes to zero. Everything stops moving, debts can't get paid, this is bad. So the reaction was that the banks come in and they lower the OCR, and then they started what was called the large-scale asset purchase program and that's basically um, I think I gave a quick description on bonds the other day but basically they're buying bonds because the market didn't want to buy them so they came in and that's what the money printing is they're buying the bonds and it forces the interest rates down so you know people didn't want to buy bonds because the world was turning to shit so the central banks the Federal Reserve now it can be argued that they overdid it that forced interest rates down which means mortgage rates went down which means it created demand 
and people went and took out a lot of lending because it was so much cheaper. Mm. And then we had this huge economic boom and now we're fucked because we've got inflation as a result of it. But that is the process of what happened and everything inflated and, and it felt so nice, right? Like those two years, you're like, fuck, everything's ripping unless you're in tourism. Yeah. Um, and everyone was in a good mood, and, and that's the it was like a dopamine hit. Mike and yeah, Luke were down at Ibizu for lunch all the time, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> planning how to conquer the world, yeah. And um, so that's how that works, and it inflated the assets because that created fake demand because the creation of the credit got so cheap. Um, and now the the pain on the other side is that, that inflation is here and it's costly. And they have to reverse course and fix it. And that's now your asset price is going to deflate, unfortunately, because that cost of credit, there's no demand for it anymore. There's, yeah. there's no demand when you have to pay 7% after you're just paying two. Mm. Um, and we've now got the other side of it. So, so the way I think about it is like you're buying your home, right? And you're thinking that it's an asset, but someone else has that much control over it. Like, you don't have control over that. Yeah, you can do up your kitchen and, and bathroom and add value. But you need to do that stuff for you because you want a nice bathroom and kitchen. Um, it's, yeah, I, I do agree that it's not an asset, I, but I don't agree that you shouldn't buy one for yourself if you want one. But someone's got that much control, like a government with money and a, and a central bank with money printing and interest rate manipulation effectively... Um, and they're gonna like right now all those people that bought in the last couple of years if they were doing it for speculative reasons are gonna get crushed doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're gonna stay in it for 10 years and enjoy your home um, you know you bought a home you've got a home you live in it you pay the pay the mortgage and carry on with life and enjoy it but like that's that to me I'd rather have a business where I can control more of those forces you know yeah uh, and that and and the other side of this is that people forget that business is an asset and you can sell that too. Yeah. And so they think business, they forget that business isn't an asset and then they think that the house is. Mm. And it's almost like it's been created in society to have reverse thoughts so you get sucked into the wrong one. Well, uh, let's unpack that piece there about, you know, people will spend 30 grand doing their kitchen up to then go, oh, my house is worth $50,000 more now. I've made 20 grand on paper. But they won't spend $1,000 on advertising in their business. Yeah, or they won't spend 10 grand, or like they won't spend that same 30 grand trying to build out a drop shipping business where they can make $30,000 a year mm. after tax and profits, or some form of business where they could do that, or educate themselves and spend 30 grand on it. But no, no. But the thing is, like, that seems like there's always two ways to do things, right? The right way or the easy way. Now, everyone's going to choose the easy way. I'll do up the kitchen, my house will be worth more. Yep. Okay, cool. Everyone else is going to do that. So are you on the right path or are you on the easy path? <laughs> there we have it, people. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to what you'd say to clients, it's why do you want to do this? And I think that's always the key is with every large transaction you make, why do you want to be doing this? What I do like about, oh, and just to go further down that path, because someone said to me, yeah, but people don't buy a home to make the banks money. They're doing it for stability, aren't they? And I said, well, I don't know because I don't know why everyone buys a home. And they said, well, that's actually got me thinking about why I just brought my home. And I was like, awesome, like have a think about what that is. And they're like, yeah, maybe I didn't put enough thinking into why I did do that. But we were about to go down this path on a and a type podcast quite a while ago. And then the Uberman turned up. <laughs> With me lunch. Yeah. 
And it's this concept of, like, everyone says, oh, but people buy a home for stability for their children and whatnot. And, like, I get that, but I think back to my upbringing, and maybe this is where I see things differently, where I was between mum's house and dad's house, because my parents were separated Mm -hmm. all the time. Then dad moved. Then dad moved over to Europe. Oh, we ended up going over there. Nana took us over, and it was scary as shit, and... In the Hong Kong airport, all the people were pointing at me that he's the, what's a blonde kid doing? And they're all taking photos. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then um, I go flatting and I go from one house and you one. And it's like, oh, next year we'll go live somewhere else with some different people, eh? Yep. Four places in four years. Then I get to Auckland and I go house sitting. And I've lived in probably, I've like lived what I believe to be living. So I've functioned out of probably 40 different environments in my lifetime. Mm. But then there's people that have this belief of like, no, you need stability in one location. Maybe that's why I've got undiagnosed ADHD and why I'm all over the show because of the instability. Like, I don't know, but I just I just wonder if this whole stability for children thing is just, again, like another thing that we've been sold that we haven't really thought of. Like, does a kid, like, don't kids want to explore heaps of shit? And isn't that what we do when we get a little bit of money and we're like fuck I'm going to go explore New Zealand I'm going to go explore the world but we're like no 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 no. you, you need to have one place to stay to be stable to yeah like, I think it have is we a been, bit of a myth yeah, yeah that, that, and it just it, it always confuses me but so many people they'll come back no but this is the reason I brought a house for stability for my children like how do you know your children want stability <laughs> I don't know like, I don't I don't I don't know like, and that's the thing where I haven't done enough research to understand if that's just something we've been sold or if it's true or whatnot or um, what happens if, you know, can you create stability other ways rather than just uh, one housing type environment? Given that people will usually move every seven years, you think like mathematically and data-wise that that's not true anyway. Well, they all like stability, man, then they go buy a batch so they can move between two. <laughs> so it's, it's a confusing <laughs> is, one, right? Yeah, it is. I think, um, I don't know. I, I, I can see myself in like... In my head, I've got a picture of like the type of house and everything. Yeah, one nice. day. Um, but you know, I might be fucking bouncing around the world for six months of the year as well. So I don't know mm. what what it's going to look like. I might even get to that pitch scenario to be able to do that and be like, mm, don't want it anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I don't have a problem with you know little things. Are what what people consider really big problems are often a headache. Well, and here's a good way to look you at know, this. It can be sorted pretty easy. Yeah, and, and you're forced to at times because, so really when you say I'm buying a home to give my family stability, no, you're de-risking the likelihood that you have to do something that feels unstable to you, which you've probably determined to be moving and moving your family and then having to change schools and those types of things. Mm. However, what if you said to myself yourself, okay, so if I value stability that much that I'm going to lock myself into a mortgage for 30 years or whatever into these repayments and then I need to have a stable income to be able to meet those repayments. What if you said to yourself, well, actually in six months' time, this house could burn down. What are you going to do then? None of your family's there. Like, you're all out, you're all safe, but you come back and the house is burnt down. What are you going to do? Are you going to go, this is bullshit and you're just going to camp there until the house turns back up and magically reappears because you need that stability? Or are you going to go, fuck, we have to find a solution here. That is what humans do. We're very resilient. Sorry, kids. We're going to go on an exciting journey and we're going to have to find a new chapter of our life. And that is what you go and do. I like how you spun that, mate, because it was getting pretty dark. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you do, right? And I had a client and, and what they did is they said... You know what? We're gonna like just break this methodology of what we're doing with our children in school and stuff. We're just gonna take them to Africa for six months. 
And I was like, whoa, man, that's some shit. Like, that's, okay, that, that's beyond, like, how I well, think. The kids are going to learn more on, on that trip than they are at school. That's exactly the first thing she said to me when she came back. I said, how'd the trip go? And she said, Luke, it was just fantastic. The kids are just completely different kids. They've learned more in that six months than they have in their entire life so far at yeah. school. And I thought, if that's your biggest takeaway from that, so then is it a myth that we need all this? But anyway, you know, that's just that's just how my brain thinks. And I don't, I guess, disclaimer, Luke, you don't have kids yet. You're a piece of shit. You don't understand this yet. Wait, wait until you have kids, then you will get it. But I will still be questioning at some stage in my life, is this real or is this someone that's something that somebody else has taught me? No, no, you need stability for them. Because the world changes every day and we then adapt to it and we seem to all carry on. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I'd, I'd also argue that like over the last year, mate, what's been more stable, your rent or... Very stable, people, mate. Oh, people's mortgages. <laughs> felt good when I locked in another year's rent and they were like, yeah, it's the same price as last year. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, renting's just got cheaper. <laughs> um, the, the key point from this video, which I think we should all take from it, is something we always talk about. And GC Grant Cardone, he's basically saying think bigger. Yeah. Build a plan to think bigger. Don't just think buy a home and that's going to solve all your life's problems. Yeah, I love the point you made about Spend 30 grand on a kitchen, but won't spend like 10 grand on getting something up and running. Yeah. Or yeah, educating yourself. It's or... a massive one, eh? I think, um, I mean, yeah, like I've always said, like I'm a massive capitalist, and, and if you think you can have a crack at something and, and make money out of it, I am all for it. Mm. But yeah, I do completely see the point of what he's saying and how he's saying it and what you're saying. And um, I think the main thing is, is just to ask yourself, like, Right now, does this align with what I want in five years and ten years? If it does, and you and you close your eyes and think about that scenario in five or ten years, if that aligns with it, boom, hit the go button and go for it. Yeah. If it doesn't, what are the reasons that you're finding out why it isn't aligning? And then maybe go and target those. Yeah, and can you build a plan to achieve those yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. If, it, if it means that you're going to be like, oh, shit, I'm actually... I do want to buy a home, but it doesn't align with what I want to achieve in five years right now, then go and focus on the other stuff that's going to help you achieve it. Yep, I like it, mate. The other concept that I heard, and I, don't, I haven't heard this too many times, but it is, um, just to close this out, don't buy the house, like buy the house you want to retire in effectively was the methodology, and buy that now, pay that down, but rent and live somewhere else. So mm. Or buy the house that you want to get into at some stage, because often... What we do as humans, like this is someone looking back at their life and said, shit, if I could have done things differently, I would have brought a house that I would have wanted to end up in and actually really live in, mm. not just like, oh, I want to live in this in the moment, but then five years later, you're like, fuck, I want to upgrade. This is kind of, these are 62 things that I yeah. forgot when I was massively <laughs> emotional about this that I don't actually like about this house. Yeah. We want to move now. Um, so that was an interesting concept. I'd never heard anyone say that before like oh no go and buy the house that you really want and then rent that thing out and then just keep your costs as minimal as possible go live at home or whatever but again a lot of the shit comes back to delaying gratification and even a thinking about what you want from your life right yeah 100 percent. i get, think um get, get think, what you want yeah Ch chase chase the idea of what's truly when you think deeply about it and and go after that rather than the society wants you to do there we go GC, throwing the cat amongst the pigeons with you shouldn't buy a house. <laughs>